0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. I am so glad you come to hang with me just a little bit. Okay, that wasn't a cool statement. I thought I was getting a little hip, you know. I was like, hey, just saying, hey, it's good. So glad to see you. I say that every week. I was like, oh, let's just go do some. Go down a generation. It didn't work. Never mind. Hey, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Today, uh, we are continuing our series called The Power to Change Your Life. I I believe that. You know what what I'm talking to you about? I believe it because I've experienced it and am and experiencing it. Today, I want to tell you something as we start this. I don't know if you discovered this yet or not. But I want to tell you, I've discovered the biggest problem in my life. You know what the biggest problem in my life is? Me. You want to tell you what your biggest problem is? Guess what your biggest problem is? That's right. Have you discovered that? Here's the reason I've discovered that. The person that is the hardest for me to say no to is me. Me. I mean, I can tell you no, I can tell my wife no, I can tell my kids no, and tell our staff no. I can say no, no, no problem to me. I put my tongue to the top of my mouth real easy, no. But the, the problem that I have more than anything is telling me no. It's like when I want something, I want it. And when I want it, I can, I can tell me why I deserve it and why I should have it. And so I can tell me... I can tell, when I start to tell me no, I can talk me into a yes real quick. Does that's that's, that sound that's like you a little bit maybe? Just maybe, just a little bit. So the hardest person that I have to tell no to is me and, and to believe it. And, and I would say the same as with you. Now, uh, I, I went to my friend this week, Google. Okay, Google is my friend. When I googled, I googled. Uh, I was like, you know, I googled things that we do to harm ourselves, and the first thing that popped up was the CDC website. I was Like, oh, this is good, you know. And so this is what is said. The CDC says this: estimating, the CDC estimates that eliminating three risk factors—poor diet, inactivity, and smoking. Would prevent 80% of heart disease and stroke, 80% of type 2 diabetes, and 40% of cancer. 80%, if if we just, they said, okay, if we quit doing things to hurt ourselves, then 80% of heart disease and strokes would go down, and that uh, type 2 diabetes would, 80% of it would go away, and 40% of cancer would go away. Now, if we had a pill, if we had a pill that would wipe that out, it would be a miracle drug, right? I mean, if they had a drug right now that'd wipe out 40% of cancer, wouldn't we all say, oh, I want to know about that? Hey, if they had a drug that would 80% take away heart attacks and strokes, wouldn't we want to know about that? And 80% of of all type 2 diabetes would go away. And what they were saying is that we self-inflict ourselves. 80% of the medical problems that we have in our country are self-induced. So I would say that we all have a problem with ourselves. Not only that, but I did a little bit more research and it went to the financial issue. I don't want to depress you today, but I just got to tell you, you know, what we're doing ourselves. I read a stat that said 70%. let it rain. Let it rain. That's right. And the bottom fell out. You're just going to turn me up, right? 70%, there we go, we're in a hole now. 70% of people are living week to week. In other words, if they miss one paycheck, they're going under. Here's another stat 88% of the people in our country are on the brink of bankruptcy. 88 percent. The average household owes $16,748 on a credit card. And the reason that's so important to us is because Jesus, uh, the Bible talks more about finances than heaven and hell. And here's here's what I want to tell you. The reason that's so important is the number one reason for divorce is. The number one reason for broken families is finances. Is that when we're financially busted, that that all of a sudden the family falls apart. And so today I just want to tell you these issues that we want to talk about because of that. So here's what I want to tell you. Many times we feel like that we're out of control, our life is spinning out of control because we have no self-control. Let me say it again. Many times we feel like our lives are spinning out of control. It's going crazy. Because we have no self-control. And so today the Bible addresses this issue. Matter of fact, look at what Proverbs 25 and 28 says. It says this a person without self-control is like a city with what? Broken down walls. And so we had this issue that we got to talk about is self-control. And it, guess what? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's, it's, the, it's the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those is self-control. And so my biggest problem is me, and your biggest problem is you. And so because of that, I want, us to, I want us to look at this next statement that's coming up on the screen. I want you to read it with me. Look what it says. Ready? Here we go. The key ingredient to any success is having self-control and faith. Let's read that again, come on, a little louder. I can't hear, it's raining, so you gotta speak up. You ready, here we go. The key ingredient to any success is having self-control and, there we go. That's a key ingredient. And so today I wanna talk to you about how to get better. How many of you wanna be better? Anybody besides me wanna get better? All right, today's it, today's your day. So the first thing I wanna talk to you about is how to have more self-control. And the first thing, would you write this down? Number one is avoid, I'm sorry, admit I have a problem. Admit I have a problem. Now, thank you, Lord, for taking that away. Now we can talk. That's why we're doing our I Will Initiative, by the way, too. When we we do this uh, expansion, we're actually having our ceiling fixed to where you can't hear all that rain. Hallelujah. I want to say to you, the first thing, if we're going to get better, is that we... We have to admit I have a problem. Now, have you written that down? Because I want you to look at me just a second. I want to be your pastor, a man who loves you. And I want to tell you something that you've got to get. What I found to be true and what you will find to be true is this. Right, is everybody looking at me just a second? Here we go. You ready? God cannot help you out with a problem that you're not willing to admit that you have. Did you hear that? God, not even, God can't even, God cannot help you out with a problem that you're not willing to admit that you have. You say, God fixed my life. God help me. God help me. But until you're willing to say, it's me, I have a problem. You know, in my life, I spent earlier in my life saying, well, if Rhonda would just get straightened out, we'd be all right. That's my wife, by the way, if you're new here. My kids, if they just get straightened out, we'd be all right. If the people around me in my work, if they just get straightened out, we'd be all right. But when I found that, it's me. I have to admit that I have a problem. And the Bible talks about this. Look what it says. In James 1 and 13 and 14, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting who? Okay, he's not. For God God cannot be tempted by evil. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own what? Own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. So what he's saying there, that you and I have things inside of us that we want to do, that we should not do, that are harmful to us. And so he said, and what he's saying is, you cannot say the devil made me do it. Listen, if you could kick the problem, the person that caused you the most problems, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. And neither would I. It's not anybody, it's not the devil, it's not anybody else, it's us. And what most of us do, and most of us, we will ignore the problem, we will deny the problem, or we will blame other people for the problem. Did you hear that? Most of us do this we deny the problem, or we ignore the problem or we blame somebody else for the problem. You know, well, if they would just straighten up, like I said, I would say, well, if Rhonda get better, we get better. Our marriage would be better if she got better. It's easy to blame other people, right? But here's what we say at SEC. This is what mature people do. This is what we've learned as we've grown. This is what we say at SEC. Let's fix the problem and quit fixing the blame. Mature people understand as long as I'm trying to fix the blame, I can never fix the problem. If I keep saying, well, it's their fault, and if they've done this, and if they've done that, and you're stupid, you shouldn't have done this, blah, blah. If I'm so interested in fixing the blame, I'll never fix the problem. And so I have to admit, I have a problem. Houston, I have a problem. Not we have a problem. And so that is the first key step, is admitting that. Matter of fact, the first thing when you move from denying is facing the truth, right? Jesus has something to say about the truth. Look at it with me. In John 8 and 32, Jesus said, let's read the last part together. Here we go. The truth will set you free. Let's read that again. You ready? The truth will set you free. Now, who said that? Jesus, not Jeff. Jesus said that. What Jeff will tell you is a lie will make you dead. Right? The truth will set you free. A lie will make you dead. It'll kill you. If you keep believing a lie, you can never get better. If you keep believing a lie, you can never... And here's the first thing, admitting that, admitting I need help. Let me just tell you, that's why in this room today, we every, every, let me say every week we present this truth, an opportunity for you to make an admission. And the first admission that we have to make for our lives to get better is that we have to admit that I need a savior. I can't save myself. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, if I'm going to get better, if I'm going to have more self-control, i got to have help. Because on my own, I cannot do it. It's got to come from God Almighty. I've got to have the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear, constantly telling me, Jeff, you can't do that. You know why? Because I want to do it. I want to do it. I think I should do it. I think I should be able to do what I want to do, say what I want to do, when I want to say it, and when I want to do it. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't be your pastor if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't put up with me. I'm glad that some of you are saved. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you. I'm like, dear God, what would they be if they weren't saved? I'm mean, serious. I'm serious. I mean, has anybody ever done you that? I mean, like some people have done something bad to me. Like, listen, you better be glad Jesus lives right here. I would jack you up right now. <laughs> You're, never mind. Okay. So what I want to tell you before we move on is this, your first step to getting better. If you have not already made that is, is praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. And there's a prayer inside of our program that you can read that will help you do that. Every week, we have people that do that, that pray the prayer. We don't make you come forward. We don't make you stand up. It's between you and God. The only thing we ask you to do is to check the box on the back of this connection card that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Okay. Number two. You ready? Number two is this. How to have more self-control is avoid temptation. Avoid temptation. If I'm going to get better, I have to avoid the things I am tempted with. <clears throat> okay. I want to give you some of grandmother's common sense. Are you ready? Here it goes. It's coming up on the screen now. I want you to read it out with me. All right. You ready? Here we go. Let's read it. If you don't want to be stung, stay away from the... We could just go home right after that, couldn't we? That, I mean, there's things in your life that are going to try to mess you up. You know, um, I was a student pastor for, for about six years before I became a past, the pastor of this church. And I used to tell students, but now I tell all people because so many people are dating at so many different ages. I used to say, listen, before you go on a date, you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan how your date's going to go. Why? Because of temptation. I say, listen, if you don't live by your plans, you'll live by your glands. It's hard to make a good decision to backseat the car in the heat of the moment, isn't it? So if we got a plan that we ain't going there, then hey, then you know what? I got an opportunity to avoid this temptation. And so if you listen, if you, if you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees, right? You got to have a plan to avoid temptation look what the bible says in Ephesians 4 and 27 this is short so let's read it again Are you ready here we go do not give the devil a a foothold and let me tell you what a foothold is because I really didn't understand have, how many of you have ever seen those rock climbing walls like in a mall or somewhere like that a kid's gaming anybody ever seen those rock climbing walls okay those will embarrass you You know, you see these little kids squirming right up the walls, right? I mean, like, and so my daughter's adventurous, you know, my son's not so much so, but my daughter's adventurous, and so she wants to try all of this kind of stuff, and so I remember we were in, like, a rock climbing, a place where they had rock climbing, and she's like, Dad, let's do it. I'm like, I'm your daddy. Yes, ma'am. Give me that suit. I'll show you. So we get on and we start climbing the wall. You know, she's going right off the wall. And these other kids are squirming right off the wall. Jeff's not moving. <laughs> he doesn't know. First of all, you know, I've got a 150-pound advantage, you know, over those kids. I mean, they're not pulling all that I'm pulling. Especially at that time in my life, it was a lot heavier. And what I, what I found out, though, that what saved my manhood... I Found that if you take your foot and you just you move it around like and you finally get your toe on something You can leverage yourself up and that foothold becomes a leverage and it saves a day It took me 30 minutes longer, but I went up there and rung the bell And when you when you can't move you encourage the other kids like yeah, cool You're doing so good and you're you're taking a breath That's what you do all the parents are going, oh, he's such a great encourager. Yes, I am. I couldn't get up the wall. <laughs> so, anyways, so the Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. Don't let him have some leverage in your life. Don't let him get something to push off of. And I want to be honest with you. You know, like, if you're trying to lose weight, you got to get the cookies out of the cabinet. I never forget watching The Biggest Loser. That show amazes me because people that can lose that kind of weight can do anything. But Jillian Michaels on there, she always say, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. You've got to change something. And a couple years ago, I decided that I needed to get a, a little healthier. And I found out I had an addiction. My addiction was bad. It was Little Debbie's. Oh, those, matter of fact, my song was, oh, Little Debbie's. (laughs) Some of you sang Little Genie, but I sang Little Debbie's. You know, I I mean, those little zebra cakes. And those little round fudge cakes. Hallelujah. (laughs) It just, you know, I'm just like, man, how in the world? And those honey buns. Can you tell I got it bad? I'm like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a recovering addict from Little Debbie's. I think they put crack in that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, Rhonda, because Rhonda's so nice. She, Rhonda, Rhonda's the nicest person you ever meet in your life. I'm not kidding you. She is. I'm a jerk, but she's nice. So anyway, she would always like, you know, Jeff, well, you deserve something every once in a while, because she would buy them and put them in the cabinet. But the problem with Jeff is this, is Jeff can't stop with just one. I mean, Jeff is not going to settle until they're all gone. He's going to wipe them out. And so what we found out is that in order for us to get better and me to get better, is I I had to get little Debbie's out of the cabinet. You can't buy them. And so now, you know what I do? Oh, now... Every night before I go to bed, because you've got to have a bedtime snack. I mean, listen, our parents said you had to have a bedtime snack. And so now I go to the refrigerator, depressed as I can be. <laughs> pull out that apple right there, that Fuji apple, and go up to the sink and wash that apple, clean it up, and go sit down beside Rhonda, and we share an apple together. That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> so. But you, when I, the reason I tell you that is because you can never just stop a habit without starting another one. You have to start another habit if you're going to avoid temptation. So I like, I can't. It's not like I can't just not eat little debbies. Okay, I I, I got to do something else. And so I've I've exchanged little debbies. Uh, you know, from from uh, Sunday through. Matter of fact, the only day that I can have little debbies is Friday. We have what we call Fat Friday. And let me just tell you something. You see me on Friday, I'm gorging. I'm going to get everything, you know. And I've I've exchanged, but I've traded Little Debbie's now for Dairy Queen. Friday night, I'm going to Dairy Queen. I don't care what time it is. I'm going to Dairy Queen before I go to bed. I'm going to have me a blizzard and I'm going to enjoy every bite of it. Because it's Fat Friday. I'll see you tomorrow night, Apple, on Saturday night. So what I'm just telling you, so you got to figure that out. Remember, why am I talking about this? Because what I said, I'm going to reduce heart attack and stroke by 80%. I'm going to reduce type 2 diabetes, which runs rampant in my family. My dad right now is suffering bad from that. It's taking his life. And I said, okay, if I can have some self-control. And let me just say this about maybe, maybe you're an impulsive spender. You know what Clark Howard says? The guy on WSB with the money uh, guy, guru. He said if you will take your credit card, if, you'll take, if you're an impulsive spender, if you'll take your credit card and you'll put it in a bucket of water. Take it and stick it into the freezer. And let it free, let your credit card freeze with that block of ice around it. And when you think about buying something that instead, you know, when you think about using your credit card, you have to go get that block of ice out and you got to chip that baby clean. And by the time that you get that ice chipped away from that credit card, you might decide that you don't have to have it. So we call it credit cards on the rocks. They might save you. You got you to figure that out. What is it that you can do? The other thing I would say is, listen, The company we keep. We have to begin to say, okay, what do I got to avoid the company that that we keep? The Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, do not be misled. In other words, don't fool yourself. Let's read the last part together. you ready? Come on. Bad company corrupts good character. And so what I want you to know is that self-control goes out the window when you're with the wrong crowd. Okay, look at me just a second. I don't, I don't care how old you are today. Look at me. Self-control goes out the window when you're with the wrong crowd. You would never, ever do that. How do you, how do you know you've been hanging with the wrong crowd? I'll tell you how. Is that every time you get up the next morning after being with that crowd, you feel bad about the night before. And listen, if that happens to me, what i got to say to that person or that group of people is like, bro, I can't hang with you anymore. You are not taking me down anymore. I can't do it. And so listen, I'm telling you, I feel like I'm a pretty strong person, but if I get around the wrong people, I'll do the wrong things. You know, I mean, like, if I go hang out at the bar, I don't drink, but I'd probably be popping in one back. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just would draw you in or whatever. And so you got to be careful about it. You got to know who it is. So here's my question, and I want you to ask yourself. Here it is. What do you need to avoid? What do you need to avoid to get better? What is it that's taking you down? Every one of us have one. of. What is it? What do you need to avoid? And Here's the second question. Who do you need to avoid? Who's taking you down? You got to think about that and it will help you get better. Now I want to share one more secret with you. If you want to avoid temptation, this is what I've learned. Every day, look at me. Every day I and pray the Lord's Prayer. Every day. Every day. The last part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us was, was Matthew 6 and 13. It's the last part of the prayer. Come up on the screen. Look at it with me. Let's read it together. you ready? Come on. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I pray that prayer every day. Every day. Why? Because I don't trust me. And I realized that my self-control is a spiritual issue, not just a Jeff issue. i got to have some God control or I'm going to jack this thing up. And so every day I pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, but deliver me from evil. Lord, lead me in paths that will take me the right way. And Lord, help me avoid the things that's going to take me down. Every day. This is what I found out. When my prayer goes up, my temptation comes down. When my prayer, my specific prayer, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. When I pray that day, I found that when I lift that prayer up, my temptation comes down. Maybe that's why Jesus told us to pray because he knew that we wasn't strong enough on our own. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to make it a daily habit of praying this prayer. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from you. A matter of fact, on the back of your connection card, to give you something to check here, it says, "I will do my best to ask God to lead me away from temptation every day." Would you check that box? Would you do that? If when my listen, when my prayers go up about temptation, my temptation comes down. When my prayers go up, my temptation comes down. When my prayers go up, my temptations come down. Okay, number three. Are you ready for this one? This is pretty good, isn't it? It's getting better. Oh, I know what's about to come your way. I'm so excited for you. Here we go. Believe you can change. Would you write that down? Believe you can change. How to have more self-control. You've got to believe that you can change. Now, as you're writing that down, I want you to know that self-control begins here. The way you think. The way you think begins to... Here's what happens. This is a, you begin to think a thought, you begin to believe a thought, and then you begin to behave. I think, I believe, I behave. I think, I believe, I behave. You too. You think, you believe, you behave. That's why it's important not to have stinking thinking. Because it all starts right there. And so that you think, you believe, you behave. And what I want to tell you today is, is that many of us today are causing ourselves harm because we have a problem. It's called ants. You have an ant problem. In your life, in your, how many of you right now in your yard have ants all over your yard? Anybody besides me? Man, don't that make you mad? I mean, it's like fighting a losing battle. You know, Ron and I have like, we got like three and a half acres now that are full of Ants. I mean, we got a bigger yard, we got a smaller house, so her job went down, mine went up. I don't like it. <laughs> I am fighting ants. And I, you kill one pile, you think, like, oh, I got you, buddy, and they just put 10 more colonies out, you know? I don't know. I think I'm putting ant fertilizer out. I think that's what it is, you know? But anyways, ants are hard to get rid of. And I want to tell you, here's what I want to call, tell you that you might have a problem with, it's ants, and we, it's on the screen, to saying, Automatic negative thoughts. That's what it stands for. You write that down. The A is automatic, negative is the N, and T is thoughts. I would let you write that down. Automatic negative thoughts. Every time that you think about changing something in your life, because change is the key, every time you think about changing something in your life, you start having these thoughts to say, you know what, I can never do that. This is just the way that I am. I can never change. Every time you start thinking about it, those automatic negative thoughts go running in, and they defeat you every time. They take you down on the mat. Matter of fact, I want to scar you today, okay? I want to scar you. I I want to show you this picture because I think this will help you remember. Ready? Look at this. Watch this. Boom! Oh, when the ants go marching in... Isn't that horrible? I mean, that's disgusting right there, isn't it? Like I said, if I can't help you, I want to scar you so you remember. Is that that's exactly what's happening. There's a parade of ants, automatic negative thoughts running in your mind that's keeping you held down to the mat. Now, we're going to remove that picture because you'll never look at a Q-tip the same, right? You can see an army. And so the Bible addresses this issue. I want to tell you, this is why the Bible is so important. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 2. It says this. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be you transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Now, these next five words are, are critical. Watch what it says. You ready? Then you will be what? Without God's word, you're not able. Look at little this right here. This book right here, the Bible, is the enabler that you need to be a new you. The change that you're desiring so much would happen in your life to get better happens through God's word. It enables you. He goes on to say this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The ant problem that you got is that you are talking to yourself all the time in a negative way. And if you keep telling yourself those automatic negative thoughts, then guess what? You can never get better. If you talk to your friends the way you talk to you, you wouldn't have any friends. Did you hear that? If you told your friends all the time, you can never do that. That's just the way you're going to be. You're always going to be dumb. You're always going to be stupid. You're always going to have this happen. You're always going to be that. If you talk to your friends that way, they wouldn't come around you. If you talk to me like that, I'd be like, listen, bro, I ain't got no time for you. I don't need I don't need people to talk to me like that. And listen, when you do it, when you're doing it yourself, you're self-defeating. So we have to have change. We gotta change our mind. Our thinking has to change. God's word enables you, it renews your mind. Guess what? Instead of focusing all on those negative thoughts, you begin to focus on God's promises. It will help you be a better person. It will help you. The ant problem is in your mind, and so we have to focus on God's promises. So here they are. You ready? I'm going to give you a promise to focus on. Are you ready to be healed? Are you ready to get better? Watch this. Let's look at Put up this verse, and I want you to do like this. Would you put your hand up like this? All right, everybody, please do this right here. Ready? I'm going to teach you the ten-finger prayer. Okay? Here, you guys, you ready? Come on, let's, let's say these words together, and I want you to let your thoughts. So I, you ready? Come on can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now notice your hands. Notice, that's a victory's hand. When, when you run a race, you come across a finish line like this. All right, put them back down. Let's try it again. Put up your dukes. Ready? This is where you got to fight because those automatic. this is where you fight the ants right here. You ready? Come on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, one more time. I'm gonna kill some ants, you ready? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I didn't get my fingers exactly in rhythm that time, but, so you get the point. You gotta kill the ants. Gotta kill the ants. Why? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everything that's running through your mind, you'll never get better. Your marriage is always gonna be like this. Your kids are always gonna be like this. Your parents are always gonna be like this. School's always gonna be like this. That job's always gonna be like this. that's an ant problem, my friend. And the way you kill that is, is you say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I'm gonna tell on me, which I always do, so. Listen, there's no secrets in my life. You know them all, you, I, you know everything about me. If you've been around here a little while, you know, you just know everything about me. I got a big mouth, that's why I run a lot. When you're a little man with a big mouth, you gotta run fast. <laughs> that's why I run. Too much truth to that, but this year after Christmas, my wife's family, we went away for a week right after Christmas. We went and rented a cabin up in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It was, it was Rhonda and I, her sister and her brother-in-law, Caitlin and Rhonda's parents. And one night, we would, right before we went to go see some kind of show or something, I don't know what we were going to do, we went to eat this fancy restaurant called Arby's. My sister-in-law has had a lot of health issues. She struggled with her weight greatly. And had gotten out of control big time. And I don't know why, but you know, I felt like the Lord was telling me, I felt it deep in my heart, the Lord was telling me to tell her something. But I was scared to say it. But God can work through a big mouth person. So anyways, I, I, we was having dinner, and her parents were over here with Caitlin. We were sitting across from and I looked at her, and her name's Deanna. I said, Deanna, I want you to know, I feel impressed to tell you that this is your year of help. And you know, it was like, well, thank you, Jeff. You know, and everybody just sort of went on. So I was like, so we got back in the car, and Rhonda said, Rhonda, what do you think about what I said? She's like, well, you said it. In other words, you opened up to your big mouth again, didn't you dummy? She Louise, I was like, you know, I'm like, did I do the right thing? This past week we were at her parents' house, we had dinner on Memorial Day, and we were sitting on her parents' front porch, and her sister looked over at me and she said, Jeff, do you remember sitting at that Arby's restaurant and you told me this is my year? I said, yeah. She said, I want you to know I received that word. She, went, she started Weight Watchers in February and she has lost over 40 pounds. She's begun to get off medications. And th- yesterday we all did a 5K together, her family. Would you look at this picture right here? Isn't that amazing? There she is right in the middle. You know what, what happened is that word, she received that word. It was a God-spoken word. She received that word, and she, you know what? She changed her mind. She changed her life. She changed her mind. She changed her life. She changed her mind. She changed her life. Now, I don't know what your issue is. I don't know what you're struggling with today. I have no idea, but I'm telling you the same God that spoke to me and asked me to look across that table and tell her a person that I love that I believe that this was her year, I'm looking right at you, and you, and you, and you. And the same God has spoken to me to tell you today that whatever you're struggling with, that this is your year, that you're not going to march on with this anymore, that this is your year, this is your time, and today is your day that you accept and you make the decision, I am no longer going to be a victim to this anymore. Amen? I want you to do something with me. Would you stand with me right now? There's three statements that we're gonna say together. Three statements. This was worth you fighting the rain for. This is why you're here. The first one is gonna be this. Look at me in the eye, look me in the eye. I can change. The second one is, I will change. And the third one is this, I am changed. Did you hear that I can change I will change and as of this day right now because I've made up my mind today because I've made up my mind today I am changed did you hear that somebody we're not leaving the same we came I can change I will change praise God I am changed now you say it with me come on you ready I can change, I will change, I am changed. Come on, say it again. I can change, I will change, I am changed. Now take your point of finger when we say, I am changed. I want you to make it first, are you ready? Come on. I can change, I will change, I am changed. One more time. I can change, I will change, I am changed. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I am free, amen, and so are you. Come on, let's worship God. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's sccview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.